You know, there's a special mojo that's felt during those moments when human beings genuinely share who they are. When you see a songwriter who deeply believes and has lived the words that they're singing, it's the kind of magic that hushes a noisy room or sends shivers down your spine. I'm here to explore just that. What is it exactly that makes that kind of magic moment happen? Greetings, folks. My name is Michael Averill, and this is the Write Songs You Love podcast. Well, happy post-love day, everybody. <laughs> I'm referring to the day known as Valentine's, which we are exactly one day after now, which I find a funny day in general, and I think a lot of people have a lot of mixed feelings about the day. And I thought with that in mind, I would do a special episode titled Love and Attribution in Honor of This Moment in Time. So with that in mind and this learning train that we've been on speaking about here for the last over a month now, I wanted to talk a little bit about how important and how beneficial and overall just how awesome it is to share the love, share the spotlight on those that have influenced us, those that have inspired us to create something, those that we, you know, utilize their other ideas to then go about to get to places where we can go do things out in the world. And the attribution part about this that I'm that is in the title of today's episode is all about acknowledging those sources, those people, those ideas. And I wanted to kind of put it under a microscope today for for a number of reasons. I think it is such an amazing thing to do on so many levels. And oftentimes, if you're a songwriter or a creative, a storyteller, anyone who's out there sharing ideas, there can be a lot of pressure to identify yourself as like, what are your ideas? What are your things? What do you stand for? And it can be really tough when you're trying to figure out what it is you bring to the world, what it is you want to say, and how is that different? How is that different than what's already been said? So you can diversify, you can carve your own space in people's minds, in the world, all this stuff. So it can get to be a bit much. <laughs> and I think, it, I know it can be mentally draining. It can be a bit frustrating. And it can lead to scenarios to where in pursuit of this kind of thing, artists or individuals can take other ideas that maybe they, you know, are very common ideas or things that are very relatable or whatnot, and actually take somebody else's words and either use them directly or or more or less say the same thing, but but not attribute them at all and have it come across like it is fully their idea. And, and that's a path. That's a path that people can walk. And by that, they go down this road of establishing themselves as, oh, this person's got so many amazing ideas. I'll, I want to follow them because they just seem to generate them all over the place. If any of you have read a book by Austin Cleon named Steel Like an Artist, this is the kind of thing that you will you would see in that book. And the case in that book is they, 
they make it that like every artist borrows, steals, is influenced by so many sources. And that's just how evolution of creativity, evolution of art works. And there are those, you know, that talk about, you know, good artists create, borrow, whatever. It's like great artists steal and don't reveal their sources. <laughs> so that's, that's a thought process out there, a way of thinking. And I'm not necessarily a fan of that. I more and more and more, the more I think about it, I, I personally have benefited so much from listening to other artists that I respect or other idea people that I like to follow when they do attribute where they've got something from or something that inspired them and they share that and name that, it's a really special moment for a number of reasons. One, it often makes me want to go and learn about who they're talking about and what they're talking about in more depth. And I have done that a number of times, and I'll give some examples in a minute, where I have investigated the source that they're talking about and read that and then just had my whole universe expanded into a much broader understanding of a topic that I am I did I am interested in, and I didn't realize I was interested into that depth. So I always come out of that situation very grateful to learn about other sources or what influenced somebody that I'm pulled to. And and the cool thing is it's like when say if it's a songwriter singing to you on stage and they tell you about another artist that really influenced them, and you go and look in their music, you might connect to that music in a very different way than the original artist telling you about them did. And that's that's a very special thing. I think that's something that the artist who's paying a tribute to or acknowledgement to the person that they're referring to, they may be doing it because of the relationship that they developed with that person's work. and. Again, this is where like there's so many branches that spin off that help people go on their creative journeys or just understandings of life. And that all comes from just sharing that, sharing where that came from. And I can I can use a very direct example. I was gifted a book by a man named Donald Miller. This would have been about two years ago. The book is called Hero on a Mission. And it's a really interesting book about storytelling. It's also related to business, but it, it looks at how we can live or how we can look at our lives and what we do as different stages or different characters in a typical story. Now, in a, in a typical story, you have a hero, you have a villain, you have a guide, and there's usually a victim. So there's these kind of four personas and they all have different qualities and attributes in the way that they exist in the world and he talks about them and there's lots of really cool things in this book and it's it's really was amazing for me to listen to at the time but he did this in a very neat way is in his book he referred to a man named Victor Frankl who wrote a book called Man's Search for Meaning and he talks about it off and on throughout the book in, in certain ways where this, this, that whole book was all about 
how you can find meaning, how we as human beings are, are really drawn to meaning. And that's the purpose. That's the purpose that we seek is like finding reasons for why we do the things we do. Or really, actually, in his, his example, Viktor Frankl is a, or was a Holocaust survivor that had such an amazing mind shift set switch to, to be able to survive that and actually kind of used his time in concentration camps to really kind of treat it like a study of like how people could had last longer and like what really made people give up or not. And the fact that he survived, he was a psychologist and he developed an amazing form of therapy called logotherapy. Uh, part of his inspiration for staying alive was having this vision that one day he would be able to be standing in front of a university class teaching about what he was experiencing and that very thing of like what what drives purpose in people and, and meaning. And I got the shivers just thinking about that. So anyway, d through Donald Miller, he mentions Viktor Frankl in his book a lot and this search for purpose. That made me go and buy that book and read that book. And I... I shared it with my wife at the same time and she was blown away by it. And we had so many powerful conversations because of that chain of action. And lastly, on this part, the there's something in the book, Viktor Frankl's book, that Donald Miller did not really touch on so much that really jumped out at me. And this is what I mean. There's these other, other factors that we discover that we have a different radar for that may hit us. And this is one of those things, and it really stuck with me, is there's a section where uh, Viktor Frankl was talking about these kind of cultural differences between different parts of the world and how, you know, in Europe and, and that area ha had generally kind of had a way of being and looking at things uh, compared to North America. And this one particular point that he was making, he says it's it's such a... North American thing for people to expect that if you're having difficulty or if you're struggling, facing challenges, any of these things in any kind of way, that like a switch, you can just be happy. Like it's a thing you can flick and just turn on and off. And, and it can be that simple. So like if someone's, yeah, like I said, struggling, I, I've witnessed this. I've I've received this. Someone just saying, well, you know, like you could be this, just be happy. You know, like things could be worse, so on and so forth. But so the point that he makes, and I, I love this and I've been sitting with it and I've wanted to maybe write something in this theme, in this topic, is he's like, you can't, you can't just do that. You can't change emotional states like that. And his answer like solution to this was you need to find or have reasons to be happy you can't just switch your state you have to find some kind of experience whether it's something for yourself something you can do something you can create or maybe it's people it's people you can be with relationships you can nurture uh, receiving kindness, receiving generosity, all of these things that then provide 
a reason that you feel purpose, you feel meaning, you feel uh, happiness as a byproduct of these experiences. And so, yeah, if you're, I took away that too. It's like, if you're not feeling so great, if I'm not feeling so great, I need to put myself in a situation that will help to make, like increase that happiness as opposed to just, okay, yeah, I'm just going to turn it on. So that's what I mean. That, that idea really impacted me. It might not impact you. You might be like, that's dumb. <laughs> that's totally cool. But that that's what I mean. That's so cool. Just all of this, this whole path. And I still think about this. And I read this book like a year ago, two years ago even. It still sits with me. All because that author said where he drew inspiration from and wanted to share that. And it affected me. So that's that's the attribution part. That's the sharing the love and how others affect us and and how special that can be. So on a songwriting level, I, I wanted to share a few songs today and just reference how these came to be and some of the original motivations to these. Like there's definitely the themes of why I decided to write them, but there's also these other qualities that came about from just being exposed to other artists at the time. And the first one, what I'll first one I'll share came off of a 2017 album that I made. I recorded, it's called All We Ever Need. And this is actually the song from that the album is named after. It's called All We Ever Need. And it's about all of these different people, or at least a few vignettes. There's three people in the story that I met when I was walking through Canada. And every single situation I, and I could have written 50, I did actually, I had writ written a whole bunch of verses that could have been used in the song. I just ended up choosing these three because they felt like they fit and were the most potent. They're just these stories of, of how people are just seeking all the time, you know, just some kind of connection. Um, and I think in lieu of like Valentine's Day, I feel like it's so jazzed about love and needing to be with somebody and all these things that you do as a couple and how that can be really hard when you're not, you know, and, or like if you're going through difficulty, it, it's, it's not, it doesn't feel real and it doesn't feel like that's realistic for, for many or just it's pushes buttons that you don't want to be pushed. So anyway, these little vignettes show different perspectives of different people kind of searching for that. And I'll play this right now and then I'll tell you a bit more about what also inspired it in terms of the music and the style. So here we go. Here's All We Ever Need. And Sarah goes to work every day at nine Fixing the world and trying to make it right She's tired of searching for a man online And cuddles with her roommate every Saturday night And Judith cuts through lies like a razor blade A senior partner, yes yeah, she has it made Lives in the city, but she can't stay 
moves to a town where the people wave And all we ever want is a little affection Somebody to hold at the end of a day All we ever need is a little connection Somebody to tell us everything's okay Richard loves his wife and her soft embrace Rubs her feet and plans getaways But she works too much to reciprocate He calls her quits cause she'll never change And all we ever want is a little affection Somebody to hold at the end of a day All we ever need is a little connection Somebody to tell us everything's okay Well the heart only wants a few things A simple tune and touch of love is all Somebody to hold at the end of a day All we ever need is a little connection Somebody to tell us everything's okay And all we ever want is a little affection All we ever need is a little connection all we ever want is a little affection All we ever need is a little connection So a couple of really fun details for me, and it puts a smile on my face to think back to this, is there's there's three people particularly that I can I can shout out here and share some love and attribution here, is right from the get-go, from the writing of it. At this time, this is in about 2013, when I first started my walking tour through Canada, I had befriended, I guess the year before, uh, an amazing singer-songwriter named David Francie met him at a songwriting workshop and kept bumping into him when he would be performing in similar cities as I was touring around Canada. And whenever I could, I would go to his shows and catch up with him and Mark Westberg, who was playing with him at the time. And I really got into his music and his style. And if you haven't listened to his music, I'll include some links in the show notes. You definitely got to listen to his songs. He's a 
He's won Juno Awards. He's just been recognized as a really awesome songwriter in Canada and has a super cool story of that. He didn't start even performing or writing until late in his life. And he worked as a carpenter and would sing songs on the job site and, you know, eventually just decided that music was gonna gonna take over. And anyway, there's so many cool stories. I'll let you have your own discovery path with him. He's a great guy and uh, an amazing friend. But when I was listening to a lot of his music and just seeing him all the time, I I wrote the guitar and the style of the structure and the songs. Like it just made me feel like I want to write a song like David Francie would write a song. And he's very crafty with the way he writes about situations and, and interesting kind of timing changes in the chords. And it was cool to just see how like the chord progression for me just kind of came when I put that thought in my mind. I just said, all right, it's kind of like what you do, I guess, with chat GPT and AI. It's like, hmm, I'm going to put something in the style of David Francie in my mind. And what comes, you know, it's not directly pulling from him, but in in the vibe, in the kind of stylistic things that I think about, this song came out. So as structurally, like the stories are mine and the ones that I interacted with people, these are real stories. But that was a big influence. Now, when I was going to make this album, I wasn't actually sure. I had a name roughly for what I was going to call that album, but I wasn't super sold on it. And I invited a variety of people to have a listening party with the songs and tell me what they thought and what they thought about which songs should make it on the album what the songs did for them, which were their favorites, all of that stuff. And a good friend at the time, Stephanie Ratcliffe, who is a lovely, amazing singer-songwriter who I met, who also actually had her record produced by a man named Jonathan Anderson, who I was looking into anyways to, to potentially record my album with. She had just recorded with him when I met her and she was at that party, and afterwards she she thought she's like, hey, I, when I heard that song, the one we just listened to, it's like that might be a good title for your album. Is all all we ever want? And I thought about it, and I, I was I just did not even consider looking at that part of the song. I was thinking of the other previous titles for that album could have been from that same song, a little affection. Uh, another one I was thinking was like friends, lovers, and everything between. And and then she said that, and it, it totally hit me. And I thought, oh my gosh, all all we ever want. My whole album, I really wanted it to be about community and connection and all of these things. And and then it got into this question. It's like, well, she she heightened my sense to all all we ever want. But I when I thought about the the connection and what we really are driving for. And this goes back to that idea of Viktor Frankl. We're searching for this purpose through our own growth and supporting, you know, being a part of community. I'm like, that's the thing. And maybe it's the other line. It's all we ever need. And and that was just so exciting because I was like, oh my God, that's it. And so I want to give a, a huge shout out, love attribution to Stephanie for drawing my attention to that. Otherwise, I don't know if I would have arrived at that place. So 
Also, check out her music. She is fantastic. She's won awards with her music as well. And they're excellent. Uh, Speaking of, again, this is another connected dot there. I did end up going ultimately to record this album with John Anderson, who Stephanie had, had recorded with. And that was another thing that helped me want to go down that path. And this very song was the first song I recorded with John. We did it as a trial just to see how it would work. And he put some interesting ideas in there. Like there's this kind of keyboardy organ kind of sound in there that I was not in a million years thinking that would be a sound in this recording, but he just kind of laid it in there and, and did all these other, like the drums and the bass. And it worked so nicely. And it really kind of gave uh, an interesting life to it that I'd never heard before. And not only did it make me want to work with him more, it made me want to listen to other things that he had produced or his own music, and it sent me on his on a journey there. So John Anderson out in Maple Ridge, British Columbia. Excellent, excellent producer. If you ever need somebody, you are in the best hands and the coolest place to go. He has like a little cabin where people can stay while you're recording, and it just feels like magic in there. Anyway, I could go on all day about John Anderson and Stephanie and David Francie. But I'm going to switch gears here. I'm going to show you a couple more songs, just again, in the spirit of love and attribution. Over a couple, a few Valentine's Days, I actually cho- have chosen that day in the past to release songs on that very day that somehow deal with love. And but not, not in the super traditional romancy roses are red, violets are blue kind of thing. I wanted to experiment being a bit more truthful, a bit more realistic. And in a way, it kind of felt a bit counter to Valentine's Day. This next one I will share with you because it's kind of the opposite. It was kind of about massive struggle and challenges going on in in my relationship. And it was a song I actually never thought I would ever share because it just felt like, whew, this is a big processing one and I just needed to do it for therapeutic value. So I did and I sat on it for about four years and it wasn't until recently when I released an album, Famous People's Songs in the summer of 2023 that I decided it fit, it would, it was, it needed to be on this. So so I did. I recorded it and I actually released a single of it separately that I released on a previous Valentine's Day. So I'll play that one for you. I won't tell you too much more about it, but I'll I'll tell you another little piece of odd inspiration that just seemed to happen at the time that influenced this thing that might be surprising. So this is a song called Roses and Rainbows. Been a while since I wrote you a love song Been a while since I wrote anything at all When I try to reach out to my inspiration It's like phoning up a friend who never answers when I call You've been talking about your sickness for the city how it may be coming time to leave 
We've been having doubts about each other The air between us is hard to breathe Seems love ain't always roses and rainbows Love ain't always bursting at the seams And when love's definition keeps on changing can be so hard to understand what it really means I find it difficult to talk about problems Cause I don't want to admit things are wrong But our structural foundation's under pressure And we can't Keep hanging pictures over cracks in our walls We're never gonna solve each other's every worry Trying to seems likely to fail I thought it would be different when we got married But no one person is another's holy grail Love ain't always roses and rainbows Love ain't always bursting at the seams And when love's definition keeps on changing It can be so hard to understand what it really Since I wrote you a love song It's taken time to find the words to say But I've been working hard at making changes I get a little bit better every single day I've learned this is everything but easy I learned that sometimes we'll hit a wall I'll do my best to tell you how I'm feeling And maybe we could agree to catch each other when we fall Even though love ain't always roses and rainbows Love ain't always bursting at the seams and when love's definition keeps on changing It can be so hard to understand what it really means Still a still a touchy one for me to share. It's uh, it's got a lot wrapped up into it, and it, it happened at a time where, you know, I was my wife and I were just like, we're not sure if we're gonna 
make it through as a couple, you know, kind of coming to a bit of a crossroads and just trying to figure out, man, we're, we're both kind of hit certain, certain walls that we weren't really sure how to get around. And that takes, I guess, I wanted to share this on Valentine's day because to, to sit with that, to have patience, to explore, to figure out, to want to problem solve when you don't really feel you even have the tools is I think a, a big act of, of love to work through that. And that's where it really becomes, you get tested, you get tested big time. So in that, in, in, we had that very night, I actually sat down to write this song or the, the majority of it. We had actually gone to see a friend of ours who goes by the artist name Daughter of the Moon. Her and I played and toured a bunch together for a period of time a number of years ago and a phenomenal, phenomenal writer and singer. Definitely check out her music. But we went to go see her play. She was opening for another band that I knew one of the members of called Twin Bandit. And just listening to them both that night, Twin Bandit at the time, and still they they had like a very folky, finger-picky, really gentle guitar, really sweet, soft voices and harmonies that just kind of made that experience magical to listen to. And I remember leaving that show, just having that in my mind and feeling that in my body when I was also dealing mentally with what was going on in our life situation that those things just fused. And I thought, oh my gosh, like, I just want to write a song that's just like that. Like just, just that kind of strumming just feels so open and free and a lot less complex musically than I normally was doing at the time. I kind of was searching to make things super intricate and super fancy where it was just, just kind of nice to just have these strumming chords and really just be honest, really just be honest in the lyrics. And that that was the hard thing. And I, I it was a defining moment in a lot of ways that I realized sometimes I was doing a bit flashier guitar stuff because I wasn't really willing to go a little bit deeper <laughs> or be a bit more honest in my writing. So that really opened up a lot. So I want to personally thank Daughter of the Moon and Twin Bandit. Uh, Hannah Walker is a, is a part of that. And I actually worked with her mom in a school in Vancouver called the St. James Music Academy for a while. And her mom was a founder of that and just a force of amazing things for someone bringing musical opportunities to families and kids who don't necessarily have the means or opportunities to do that in a really difficult area in, in Vancouver where you know people aren't doing so well. And I learned so much from her and she was just, she is uh, such an inspiration. So again, all of these people I want to attribute and send some love to today and and their influence on me has been big. And I I still carry that with me a lot. And it's neat to talk about it today because I'm realizing I I do think about these kinds of things and these people, but um, yeah, just taking some time to shed light on them. Maybe you'll find a path to connecting with these people somewhere along the line. I hope so, because they're they're all really special and I love connecting people with awesome people. 
only good can come from that. So these are the kinds of things that can happen when you do this. And when you're, if you're performing on stage, you know, think about that. Maybe there's, maybe if you're not sure what to say before you play a song or sing a song, maybe think about what, what influenced you to get into that song other than the situation. Maybe you were listening to somebody at a time or somebody referred you to something or you're studying or reading something. Try it. You know, it's it's a new a new way to find material so you don't feel like you're stuck trying to, I don't know, make something up or that it doesn't feel authentic to you. I hear that a lot from songwriters be like, I can't talk before. I, that's just not me. I don't want to talk about myself. <laughs> Well, if you take all this information, you don't have to. And that's the beauty of this is you're you're literally celebrating other people. And that often feels way easier than trying to tell things about ourselves. <laughs> so I, I'm super curious to see and hear if any of you try this. It works the same if you're making a post online or if you're sharing a song in an email reference other people, you know, pay that attribution and help hope what's the word? Happily send people on a on a journey of discovery of their own. That's it's just there's so many ripples that come from that. And like I said before, it's it's a whole different experience when it's the other way around. So I don't know. I, I could talk about this all day long, but I don't want to keep you here. I'd rather you think about this for yourself and start thinking about how you might apply this when you share your songs or if you're just talking to people in everyday conversation about something you listen to, something you're reading that really jazzed you up, that affected you in some way. Like, how cool would that be? <laughs> I know lots of people do do that, and I appreciate being given those references. And I don't always check them all out, but I appreciate being given them the ones I do check out, it's because people are listening to what I'm saying and they're like, oh, you might like this person or what they're saying right now because they're listening to me and what I'm interested in. And they're connecting the dot thinking that they can see an opportunity for something that I'm going to love. So that's that's a, an example of really cool active listening and not just throwing things out randomly, but maybe if you know who you're talking to, that you might be able to reference something specific to them. All right. So as a final, final treat and a way to send you off with a smile, I'll leave you with one other song that I released specifically for another Valentine's Day that really, I think, captures the essence of what what I'm talking about today. And it it really is... You know, looking at attribution, being honest with where things came from and sharing that openly really, really goes a long way. It can really connect you with the people you share your songs with. It could be your audiences, it could be your friends, it could be your family, it could be your partner. And this is a, another tune that I wrote to my wife when I really screwed up. And that's all I will say. I will leave you with this song and just wishing you whatever Valentine's Day you need. And I say that in the spirit of Dana Halle, who always says, have the day you need. 
So have the Valentine's post day that you need. And here's a final song for the episode titled Just Tell Her. Blueberries in her teeth.